Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. We have been in our series, David. Everybody say David. This has been the longest series I have ever preached. How many of you have enjoyed this series, though? Praise God. Well, if you haven't, I have. I've been, I've been enjoying it. I've been learning from it, growing from it, reading the chapters. You know, there is more about the character of David in the Bible than any other character except Jesus. There's more chapters, more lessons, more content about this man named David than any other character in the Bible except Jesus. And I think that's something that maybe God wanted us to learn from this man and his life and how he lived and his mistakes and his getting back up from those mistakes. We've talked about how David started out as a teenage boy. Eight weeks ago, we began this series when David was 13 years old, serving as a shepherd in his dad's house. You can't be a leader if you refuse to be a servant. David showed us that it takes courage to serve and that servants become leaders. So David served his father's sheep and the day came where he was anointed as the future king of Israel. You can be anointed for something, but not yet appointed for it. So David would be anointed, but it would be another 16 years before the day came where the dream would be fulfilled. There's always a process between when you get a dream in your heart and when the dream comes to pass. David would pass the test along the way. He would face giants and bears and lions, and he would uh, uh, win battles against the armies that would come against Israel. He would become a commander in the army of Israel as a 19-year-old boy. And then the day would come where his father-in-law, Saul, the first king of Israel, would chase him out of the nation, throwing spears at him. He would hide in caves. He would learn how to worship in the caves. He would learn how to make the most of the dark seasons in his life. Then the day came where he became the king of Israel. Saul had died, but not at David's hand because David swore, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. The same God who anointed me as king of Israel can remove King Saul when it's his time to go. And when David stepped in as king, the, the world rejoiced. Isn't it amazing when the right person steps in the right place, the nation rejoices? This is what happened in Israel. David was leading Israel into its best days, yet everything was prospering. And then the day came where David fell into sin with Beyonce, I mean Bathsheba. <laughs> and uh, dude, Bathsheba was, was good looking. She caught David's attention. David fell into sin messed things up, it looked bad. His family was headed in the wrong direction. He lost not just one child, but two children. But David learned how to get back up. Through David, we learn a few lessons. We learned that you can lose everything, but you can still have your confidence in God. You can lose children and houses and positions and friends, but you can still keep your confidence in God. We learned from David after his sin that he learned how to look up. Everybody say, look up. When you miss it, Look up to God. He wants to forgive you. Then David owned up. Everybody say, own up. He didn't cast the fault, the blame, the guilt. He took it. He owned it. But then he decided to give up. Everybody say, give up. He gave up the, the guilt, the shame. He surrendered it to God. And then he chose to grow up. Everybody say, grow up. David didn't keep the pattern of sin, the generational cycle of adultery. He decided to change, to grow up. And he refused to let his past define his future. 
He refused to let his past define his future. Today, I wanna tell you that your past does not determine your future. You might have missed it, you might have fallen down, you might have messed up, but you can leave a great legacy. You can change your life today. So David would move forward and we come to the end of David's life. Now at this time, David is 70 years old. He's got a few years left and the final test of David's life is raising up the next king of Israel. Who would it be? Along that journey, God had given David a son. And isn't it God to use our most embarrassing mistake and to take from that embarrassing mistake and use something to redeem our future? See, David's son came from his relationship with Bathsheba. And Solomon would now become the future king of Israel. And David would pass on to Solomon a few last words before he died. What will you say if you had one last conversation with your kids, to all the parents in the room? If you're a parent, raise your hand today. All the moms and dads, give it up for the moms and dads in the house. Grandparents, you guys are amazing. I used to not understand how awesome parents were until I became a parent, and then I called my mom and I was like, sorry, I'm so sorry for everything that I put you through and, and the energy that I took from you and dad and the, you know, anyways, this is not a confessional booth, but sometimes it is, but you know, parents, we have a responsibility and I want to encourage you parents that today this message is for you. This message is not just for parents though. It's for sons and daughters. It's really for all of us. And the title of the message today, as we close out this series, David's final chapter, I want to title this message, lead to leave. Lead to leave. Everybody say, lead, lead. to leave. Lead. See, most leaders aren't thinking about what's going to happen when they're gone. Most CEOs, businessmen, pastors, and, 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 and parents, and most people, they don't think about the day that they'll no longer be here and what will happen of the thing that they started, the ministry, the business. Who are they training up? Who are they raising up? Who's going to carry it on when they're gone? You never know when your life will end. It really is here today, gone tomorrow. We are like a flower in the wind, quickly fading. David would say in Psalm 90, teach me to number my days. Teach me to live for eternity. Lord, help me to understand the brevity of life, that it's so short. As a pastor, I get to sit in quite a few different funerals and be in hospital rooms when people lose a loved one. I'll never forget this one time I was in the hospital room and I was sitting with a mom and dad who just lost their teenage son. And this is the worst nightmare for a parent to lose their child at such a young age, for a parent to see that happen in their lifetime. And I remember the tears in the room and mom and dad, we were crying and, and I knew their son. He had come to our young adult group and I had gotten to be his pastor. And it was quiet for a moment. And then all of a sudden the words started coming, the stories, the memories. They said, oh man, you know, he wasn't a perfect kid, but man, he knew how to make kids laugh. He knew how to make our family laugh. He, he always made us laugh. You know, he wasn't perfect, but anytime he had a chance to go to church, he was gonna go to church. He wanted to hear you, Paul. And anytime that he knew he did something wrong, he was down at the altar call. He was always going down to the altar call and he wouldn't go alone. He'd bring someone with him. Come with me to the altar call. And the stories just kept flowing in that room. They said, I remember when he brought all of his friends to CeCe's Pizza and he bought their lunch. Anytime he had a chance to pay for someone's meal, he did it. He wasn't perfect, but he did a lot of good things. And it started making me wonder, what will they say when I'm gone? What will my kids say when I'm gone? What will my friends say? What, what will I leave when I leave? That's the question I want to ask you today. What will you leave 
when you leave? What will you leave when you leave? Will you leave a legacy of bitterness, a legacy of stinginess, or a legacy of generosity? How will they remember you as the one who never paid for anybody's meals or the one who was always trying to bless other people? Will they remember you as the one who never went to church or the one who was always trying to get into church? One more service. I remember sitting down with one of my mentors, Mark Green, and he oversees Mardell's and helps his family oversee Hobby Lobby, and I said, Mark, teach me what you know. I just wanna learn from you. What's, what's one of the most important things you learned from your dad, David Green, who started Hobby Lobby, and just last year, they, as a family, they brought in $2 billion, but what's amazing with that is that they've given almost 95% of it away into missions and outreach and evangelism and ministry. They said, Paul, we don't do business to make money. We do business to give money away. We do it to help build the kingdom of God. Mark began to say, you know, my dad grew up in a home that was very poor. His mom, my grandma, she had to raise all the kids. And in their house, they didn't have a whole lot of money. And there was food stamps. And, and they, didn't, they did everything they knew how to just make it, to just survive. But my mom, my grandma would raise my dad in church. Every time the doors were open, they would go to church and she would teach them to tithe off of the very little that they had to just give something. Then she would teach them to love their neighbors and forgive those who hurt them. And I began to, as he was listing these things, I began to reflect on what my dad taught me, what my mom has taught me. You know, I can honestly say my dad never talked bad about somebody else. He never slandered another person. And I knew people who hurt him. And I would dig. And he'd say, no, I'm not going to say it. What will they say when you're gone? What will they say about the words you said? About the life you lived? The attitude you carried? See, David was now in his old age. And we go to 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. Yeah, we get excited about the word of God. And David has some last words for his son Solomon. He said, I'm going where everyone on earth must go someday. In other words, I'm headed where you're headed too. And I've done the study. I've done the research on this church. One out of one people die, statistics show. <laughs> Unless the rapture happens, death is coming for all of us. And we don't have to be afraid of death. Death has no hold on us. Death has no power over us. Jesus conquered death. We have eternal homes in heaven. So you can make all the money in the world, but if you don't know where your eternal destination is, then what profit is it if you gain the whole world but you lose your soul? So David was telling his son, I'm going where you're going someday, Solomon. And I got a last few words for you. What if you had, what if, what if the doctor told you today you have one day left to live? And what if you were to pull your kids together and, and you were to say, can you give me one hour, one hour? I just want to have one last conversation with you as a family. Before I go to heaven, I've got a few last words of advice. What advice would you give your kids? Would you tell them, go hustle hard, go make lots of money? David had some very important words to share with his son before he died. He said, I want you to take courage, Solomon. Everybody say, take courage. He said, be a man. Everybody say, be a man. Then he said next, observe the requirements of the Lord your God. Follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, the commands, the regulations, the laws, and the law of Moses so that you will be successful. And one, ver one version says prosper. 
David was teaching him the key to prosperity, the key to wealth. David was saying, don't seek God's hand, seek God's heart. Don't treat God like he's some machine that's going to give you something every time you ask for it. Seek to know God's heart. David was leaving a legacy as a man after God's own heart. No wonder his son Solomon would ask for wisdom when God said, I'll give you anything you ask for. Solomon didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for fame or clout or Instagram followers. He didn't ask to be known in his church. He said, I just want wisdom, God. Just teach me how to, how to know what you know, God. I want to know your heart, and I want to do things that please you. Solomon wasn't perfect, just like his dad, but he would go on to become the wisest man in the world. He would go on to become the wealthiest king in the world because wisdom from God brings the wealth of this world to you, and instead of the wealth owning you, you own the wealth. And so David tells Solomon, he says, listen, you want to prosper, Solomon? You want to succeed? Follow God, I want to give you real quickly a few lessons we can learn from David's legacy for our own legacy. And every single one of us is a leader. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a leader. You are a leader. You are a leader. We are a church of leaders. We will be a church known for leaders raising up more leaders. We will find the eagles and we will send out and change our city, change our state, change the world. In this church right now are the future governors and presidents and vice presidents and school presidents and university presidents and CEOs in this church right next to you. You don't know who you're sitting next to. Turn to the person next to you and say, you don't know who you're sitting next to. Come on. There's a Solomon in the house today. The miracle is in the house. The miracle is in the house. I believe in this church are multi-multi-millionaires and billionaires who won't live for the money but will learn how to give the money to advance the kingdom of God. Number one, what we can learn from David, that he left his son Solomon. We, we, we see this really in 1 Chronicles 28. Verse 9, First Chronicles 28, verse 9, and this will give us the first point to what David left his son. He said, Solomon, my son, I want you to learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. So number one, what David left Solomon is this, know God, seek to know and follow God's heart. See, you're not in a sprint, you're in a relay race, and a relay race has a baton, and the baton you're carrying is what you're going to pass to the next runner. And what David was carrying was a heart to know God's heart, a desire to know God's will. The legacy that David was going to leave to the next generation was a legacy of seeking to know God's heart and following God's heart. So when David died, the, the epitaph, what was written on his tombstone was in Acts 13, verse 36. It says, after David had obeyed God's will for his generation, after David served his generation for God's kingdom, then he died and was buried with his ancestors. He was known as a man who sought God's heart. The baton that he was passing to the next generation was a baton of passion for God. Do people know about your relationship with God? Are you showing anybody your relationship with God? Every single person in this room, we need to be looking for someone to raise up. Who are you investing in? The greatest investment in your life is not companies and buildings, it's people. The best investment David made was not a temple, it was Solomon. Because people outlast buildings. People outlast companies. 
Jesus never built buildings. He built people and people built buildings. If you'll build the people, if you'll pour into your kids. My first ministry is my wife and kids. The, your first ministry is your, your family. The people closest to you should know your heart and should be able to carry on your legacy. What will they say at your funeral? I've been at funerals where hardly anybody gets up on stage. They're just digging, trying to figure out something to say. They don't know what to say. Then I've been at funerals where you can't stop how many people want to get up on stage and talk, and it's like six hours long at this funeral. Why? Because the person made an impact on someone's life. They said something. They encouraged somebody. They showed up to their game. They made an investment in a person's life. I remember hearing this story from the quarterback of University of Texas who was a rival to Oklahoma when I was in college. His name was Colt McCoy. And Colt McCoy would go on to be a finalist in the Heisman Trophy. He would break all the records as the quarterback of Texas. I liked watching him except for when he was playing OU. But he told this story the day that he, he got to pick his jersey. He said, they walked me into the locker room and I was looking at the numbers. They said, pick a number, Colt. He said, I was looking at number 11. He said, oh man, maybe I could be like Major Applewhite. Maybe I could go as far as he's gone. Maybe I could pick number 11. They said, don't even think about number 11. You're not worthy for number 11. So he said, I'll take the number higher, number 12. So he picked number 12 and he went on to become the best quarterback Texas had seen. But you know what was awesome about Colt? The day came where the president of the university said, we're gonna retire your jersey. It will be up forever. Everybody will remember you, Colt. This will be your legacy. It will be there forever, ever, ever. And Colt said, forever? He said, sir, let me just be honest with you. Someday another president will come and take your place. And someday more football players will play here. And they'll break all my records. My name and my football career will probably be forgotten here. But let me tell you what will last forever my relationship with Jesus Christ and the impact I made on people's lives for Jesus. Colt was known on his team as being kind of the pastor Colt. He was a reverend on the team. He was always praying for people, leading people to Jesus, bringing them to church, honoring God with his finances, honoring God with his time. See, he understood what lasts forever and David understood what lasts forever. We see a psalm that David wrote where David says, listen, blessed are those who delight in the law of the Lord. He says, the people who delight in the law of the Lord, I believe it's Psalm 112, if we have that. He says, uh, those who delight in, in obeying his commandments, their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy. Anybody want to be wealthy here? Anybody want to have a successful legacy? Come on, that should be all of us. He says, those who want to have a successful legacy need to be those who fear the Lord, those who honor God. Their good deeds, whoa, 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 whoa. Here's the question, what will last forever? Their good deeds will last forever. Not their football career, their good deeds. I wanna honor some people that, that went out yesterday and served in the Walk It Out outreach. If you served in our Walk It Out victory outreach, touching the city, would you stand up yesterday? We saw hundreds of people going out, and I just wanna say thank you. Come on, give each other a hand. These guys were serving, going into nursing homes, hospitals, the Dream Center, passing out food. Your good deeds will be remembered. They'll never forget it. They'll never forget it. They'll never forget it. 
Darren Benjamin, I see you back there. You're a mighty man of God. Your good deeds will last forever. Your good deeds. People won't remember the messages that I preached. They'll remember the message that I lived. I can't remember every sermon my dad preached, but I can remember the life that he lived. My dad modeled for me a legacy of loving people, turning the other cheek, walking in forgiveness, living to give, being generous. So we learned from David, number one, seek to know and follow God's heart. Number two, we learned from David, be quick to repent when you fall and give grace when others fall. David was quick. He wasn't perfect, but he was quick to repent when he fell. So when you miss it, parents, don't be too prideful to say, I'm sorry, I missed it. When you miss it, men, don't be too prideful to go down to an altar and say, Lord, created me a, a clean heart. I'm ready to start over again. And when other people miss it, be quick to offer grace. Number three, live to give for God's glory. Live to give for God's glory. David was telling Solomon, Solomon, let me tell you something. Live your life for the glory of God. Go back to 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9. He said, don't just know God intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and he knows every plan and thought. And if you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. David was telling his son Solomon, listen, live to give your life for God's glory. What kind of legacy are we leaving for those that are walking behind us? Are we leaving a legacy to say, serve God? Follow God, run after God, pursue God's heart. You know, my dad, he was a servant leader. I think about Oral Roberts who built the university across the street. He was someone who lived to give everything that he had away. He just said, God, you use it for your glory. Use it for your glory. What if you lived to give for God's glory? So many people are known for what they hold on to known for what they kept to themselves. But I'm telling you, a living is, is what you get, but a life is what you give. If you wanna make a life, live to give for God's glory. Number four, hold no grudges. David had a lot of Saul's in his life, a lot of Absalom's, but he chose to hold no grudges. When you die, will they hear the bitterness in your heart? You know, in, first, in 2 Samuel 22, David sings a final song, his last song. And the whole song is a song of joy. It's a song of worship and praise because he holds no grudges against his foes, against his enemies, those that tried to come against him. Maybe some people in your life have hurt you, but I wanna encourage you, don't pass on a legacy of hate. Don't pass on a legacy of, of, of unforgiveness. Choose to forgive, hold no grudges. Number five, David leaves for us a legacy of compassion. I love this psalm, and this psalm, it talks about, we were just talking about it, Psalm 112. It says, what lasts forever? He says, your good deeds will last forever, but then he goes on to say next in this fourth verse, those who do good deeds that last forever, they are generous, they are compassionate. Everybody say compassionate. They are righteous. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. There's something about your good deeds, your compassion, what you do for others that could never pay you back that is long remembered. People will never forget it when you do something for somebody else. I remember working at a camp in Maryland when I was a young adult and 
At the end of the summer, I had been serving these kids and they paid us $1.50 an hour. And we worked 12 hour days and six day weeks and it was crazy, it was illegal. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> we agreed to it, we signed up for it. So we knew what we were getting ourselves into. But at the end of the summer, this little girl comes up to me. She says, I don't remember your name. And I had been serving this girl the whole summer. She's like, I don't remember your name, but I remember how nice you were this summer. She's like, I'll never forget how you treated me. Thank you so much, whoever you are. <laughs> you know what? That's all right with me. Because it's not about my name. It's about his name. And what if we lived to just be compassionate, be kind to others, treat others with kindness, pass on a baton of compassion to your family. Number six, surround yourself with godly relationships. David would teach Solomon. In fact, in the last chapter of David's life, it talks about all the people that came and served alongside of David. One of the guy's names was Beniah, and that's where we found the name to name our son, Beniah. But David lists all these relationships because your crew determines your view. The people you surround yourself with, the church, the people that you spend time with, the people that you pull into your inner circle. David was telling Solomon, surround yourself with the right counsel. He was passing on a legacy of wisdom in your relationships. Be careful who you hang out with, son. It'll determine your destiny. Make sure you talk to your kids about their friendships, the relationships, because it will affect their destiny. Number seven, pour all you have and know into others. Pour all you know and have into others. See, your legacy doesn't start when you die. Your legacy starts today. Who are you pouring into? Who knows what you know? Who's learning the trade that you practice? Who's learning the secrets that you have? I remember my dad, he used to call me up on stage as a little kid to come and preach and he said, Paul, come up here and share a word. And I'd be like, Dad, you didn't even prepare me. I didn't even know you were going to call me. He's like, I've been preparing you your whole life, son. I'm like, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> I get up there to preach, and I, like every time I get up to preach, people would go out and take a bathroom break and leave. <laughs> they'd wait till Billy Joe was back on the mic, then they'd come back in. But you guys stuck around. Come on, somebody. Thank you. Come on, we're in this together, church. We're running with the baton. But he used to pour everything he knew, everything he knew, everything he had into others. Be an encourager, Paul. Lay hands on the sick, see them get healed. Paul, receive the Holy Spirit. Let me teach you the gifts of the Spirit. Paul, John, Sarah, Ruthie, come with me to Russia. We're going on a missions trip. I wanna encourage every adult in this room, bring someone with you. Take someone with you, identify them, develop them, train them up, be a mentor. We will be a church known for mentoring generation to generation. We need all generations in this room. The wisdom of the old, the energy of the young. We're in this together. Someone needs what you have. You know, Sebastian, I want you to come up here real quick. You're 17 years old. In a relay race, I want you to turn that way because when one runner's running, the next runner's ready. He's got his hand back. He's not looking back, but he's got his hand back. He's twinkling his fingers. He's ready for it. He's ready for it. Hold on, not yet. I'm not ready to give it yet. And what's happening in our world right now is a leadership vacuum. 
We got people who don't know how to pass the baton because they're afraid. What if I pass the baton? What am I going to do with my life? Just because you pass the baton doesn't mean your race is over. You are needed. If there's breath in your lungs, keep your running shoes on. If you're not dead, you're not done. See, some people, they pass the baton. They think, well, I'm going to walk off the track and go find a room of all the other people that pass their batons off. We're just going to hang out together and forget about the next generation that's running on the track out there. No, we need you on the track, cheering them on, saying, you got it, Solomon. You got it. Let me tell you what to do next. Now, run. Run. No, you can sit down. Good job, Sebastian. <laughs> One of my favorite singers to listen to growing up was Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin and the GOP. GP, are you with me? Oh yeah, we got the church, ain't going nowhere. GP, are you with me? Do you want a revolution? I said, do you want a revolution? Come on, 90s babies. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to get Kirk Franklin here one of these days. Kirk, please come to victory. Um, like he's going to watch the sermon, maybe on the Hillsong channel. Come on, Kirk. We love you. Uh, but I remember listening to him, and man, I cried when I heard his story. Can I get that baton back, Sebastian? I'll give it back to you in a moment. He said, the baton I received was dropped and dirty when I got it. My dad left me and my sisters when I was three years old. I grew up, 74-year-old woman adopted me, living on food stamps. We didn't have much. And he said, uh, you can't control the legacy you receive, but you can control the legacy that you leave. You can't control the legacy that you receive, but you can control the legacy that you leave. And he said, man, the baton was dirty. It was dirty with adultery. It was dirty with pornography. It was dirty with abandonment. It was, it was dropped. And he said, it, consequences were, my sister was incarcerated and I got a girl pregnant when I was 16, he said, and I made a lot of mistakes. I was selling drugs. I was doing drugs. I was, I was rebellious. I was bad. I didn't care about God. I was just faking it at church when I had to go there. But he said, someone got into my life. Someone, someone who was living a good life decided that they were in a relay race and they pulled me into their team and they decided to help me pick up the, my baton that I was carrying and wipe it off and teach me how to run my race. He said it was from that legacy that I was able to change my life, to change the legacy that I would leave behind. And maybe you have a dirty baton. Maybe the baton that was passed to you was dropped. You can't control the baton that you receive, but you can control the baton that you leave. You can control the legacy that you leave. See, life is 90% how you respond to the 10% that you can't control. Life is 10% what you cannot control and 90% how you respond to it. What are you gonna do with what's happening? You can't control the family you grew up in. You can't control, see, Solomon had what David never had. He had a dad that believed in him. David grew up in a house where his dad forgot about him. His dad didn't even bring him into the house when Samuel was looking for the next king. But David made sure to pass a baton off to Solomon to be an encourager, to pass on that baton. I wanna to go to my last two points here that David left for us. I believe it's number seven, if we put it up there. Number eight, this is the last point right here. Give it all you've got. Give it all you've got, church. 
Hey guys, we only get one shot in life. You don't get to come back and do this a second time. Stop living on your couch. Get up and give it all you've got. Get up and give it all you've got. Wake up. If there's a book in your heart to write, then write it. If there's a business in your heart to start, then start it. If there's something you feel called to do, stop waiting till a second chance comes around. Today is your day. Choose today to change your legacy. True story, a man named Alfred woke up one day and he was reading the newspaper. And in the newspaper, he saw his name in the obituaries column. And he was like, what? I'm still alive. The problem was his brother had died a week ago, but they got the names mixed up and they put Alfred's name in there. And not only did they get the names mixed up, they named Alfred for what he was known for. They put Alfred Noble, merchant of death, because he invented dynamite, the one thing that had killed more people in that time in that history than any other thing. They said, he, this guy's the merchant of death. His attorney called him and said, are you gonna sue the newspapers for defamation of character? Can you believe that you're still alive? They put you in the obituaries column? He said, no, because they're right. I'm gonna change my legacy. I'm gonna change my legacy. Now he was old, he didn't realize he only had 10 years left to live. So he spent the last 10 years changing his legacy. Alfred decided to change up what he was known for. Instead of being known as the merchant of death, he wanted to be known as someone who brought peace. And so he had all this money from all the dynamite that he had sold because he invented dynamite. He had become very wealthy from it. So he started setting aside money every year to give a prize. And he put his last name next to the prize, Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize. And he wanted every year to honor someone who brought peace to the world. But he wanted his last name connected to it because he wanted the world to remember him not as the merchant of death, but as the man of peace. So when he died, he had all this money left over and people caught a hold of the cause and they said, I wanna give to that Nobel Peace Prize Award. And still to this day, dozens of years later, the Nobel Peace Prize Award goes every year to someone who brings peace to our world. He changed his legacy. On his tombstone, he wrote this quote, every man ought to have the ability, the chance to correct his obituary in midstream and write a new one. Every man, every woman, every mom, every dad, every grandparent. You can't control the legacy you receive, but you can control the legacy you leave. Every man ought to have the chance to correct his obituary in midstream and write a new one. 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 Maybe you're known in your family as the person who holds grudges. Maybe you're known as the person who gossips about everybody. Maybe you're known as the person who never gives, the person who never buys someone a lunch. Write a new one, write a new one. You're still alive and maybe God left you alive to hear this sermon that you can write a new legacy from this day forward. Maybe all you got left is tomorrow. Maybe you're watching right now from the hospital room and you're fighting cancer, write a new one. Call whoever it is that offended you and say, I forgive you, I love you. Call whoever it is in your family that's hurt you and say, I forgive you, I love you. I'm gonna die with no grudges in my heart, only forgiveness. All over this room, I want you to just stand up with me right now. My dad taught us a lot of things. He taught us how to carry the torch, how to reach the harvest, how to pass on whatever we had, and how to finish our race. Here you go, Sebastian. You got it. It's your time. It's your time, church. 
someone needs what you have. Be a leader who doesn't lead just for your own clout, but that you lead to leave a legacy. A legacy worth leaving, a legacy worth following is a legacy of living like Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, you'll go further than I went, you'll do more than I did. Be someone who chooses to show compassion. I want us right now just to bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're here right now and you say, Paul, I need God's help in my life. I wanna leave a godly legacy. I need to change some things in my heart, my mind, my life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand today. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes. Yes, hands going up all over this room. Today's your day. I want us to pray this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. Use my life to bring you glory, to leave a legacy that honors you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Come on, give each other a big hand, church. Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.